Thanks for tuning in to the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. I have a great pleasure of speaking with alumna Maribel Lara, who graduated from the Zika School of Business with her MBA in 2009. Um, and so uh, we're excited to have her back here on campus to talk about a few things. Uh, Maribel is currently Senior Vice President and Head of Consulting at the Sasha Group, which is a VaynerX company. I'll let Maribel talk about the Sasha Group, uh, VaynerMedia, uh, her background in a bit, but let's first introduce what we're going to cover today. Um, and this is a big topic, and it's going, because I think it's not just even something that graduate students experience. This is really a life experience. Um, and so many individuals face this in their lives in their relationships, in their careers, um, and that's facing or being with fear of making change or, as Maribel called it, fearing the pivot. Um, really important uh, concepts to, to dive into. And so when it comes to those pursuing a graduate degree, one thing that Maribel, you talked about um, was that there can be pressure from various places and people, even people, the individuals themselves, on what they have to show for the degree. And that can be not only overwhelming, but it can really distract people yep. from taking the steps that they want to take for their own lives and careers. Um, so with that in mind, let's kick it off with you introducing yourself. And first of all, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I'm super happy to start my day with you. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, kick it off with telling us about yourself, your background. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I graduated in 2009. Yep. Um, everyone listening to this probably realizes that is the heart of the recession. Mm. Um, and I came into the program as a career shifter. So I had been working in education and uh, I decided that I wanted to make the switch in marketing. I was approaching 30. Uh, it was a career I hadn't thought about before. And I was like, now is the time to do that. It was the early days of social media. And I had that little nugget in the back of my head. I was like, this is going to change the way that we communicate. Mm -hmm. Eventually, businesses will get onto this medium. This will be part of what we consider marketing. Yeah. Um, and so I sort of had that in the back of my head when I came here, graduated in 2009 for a number of reasons. Um, predominantly life reasons, I had to take time off to be a caregiver mm -hmm. um, for about six months after graduation. And then I had to start my job search. So I had been hard in the recession. I wasn't attractive because I was a career shifter. The market was pretty flooded with people who had way more experience in marketing than I did. Um, I was having a really hard time. And so that was like the first point that I had to pivot and, and we can go back to that. But it wasn't a very clear path to what my first full-time job out of graduate school was. Eventually I did land on my feet. So I actually started my career as a freelancer in social media marketing. Um, did that while having another job that paid the bills. Mm -hmm. Got enough experience under my belt that um, after things settled with the economy and I had friends who were established in some agencies they were able to help me get my foot in the door as a freelancer in the agency world. One of those jobs eventually turned into a full-time role doing social media marketing, okay. which was the eventual goal, right? So it took yeah. me about a year and a half, almost two years to get the role that I wanted right out of graduation. Okay. Um, it didn't pay what I thought it was going to pay. 
Um, so I almost started from scratch, yeah. right? Uh, but it was a tremendous opportunity because it was a new industry and there weren't a whole lot of people who could say they had a ton of experience in it, right? Um, and so worked at that same agency for about three and a half years. They went through a merger. I saw the culture shifting. And so it was a telltale sign that it was time for me to go. Yeah. Uh, so I started looking, but I wasn't in a rush. I was looking for the right place to go. Uh, so it was 2014, um, spring, and I got a phone call from VaynerMedia, who I was not super familiar with. So a lot of people have gone to VaynerMedia over the years because of uh, their familiarity with Gary. Mm -hmm. I knew very little about him. What I did know about him was that he was pretty de like divisive. <laughs> people loved him or hated him. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't the reason that I went to VaynerMedia. Right. The right. reason I went to Vayner was because I had two former colleagues who had already started there and who were telling me great things. And then I had an amazing interview experience. The two people that I interviewed with were phenomenal. Like what they told me about uh, the culture there made me realize this is the place where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Right. I've always looked at taking a job as like being dedicating to being there for a while. So I'm, I'm really looking for like a relationship. It's the way that people treat dating apps is how I treat job interviews. <laughs> and I felt this like serious connection to the culture at Vayner, yeah. um, more so than the work. And I was like, the work is the work. Um, and I will make of that, you know, whatever I, I will make, you know, I'll make gold out of whatever you give me because yeah. that's just who I am. But the culture is what's going to give me the motivation to do that. Okay. Um, so I felt that there. And that it's been five years since I started that manner. Uh, for about two and a half years, I worked on the account strategy side of things. Uh, and then Gary came to me and said, I have a curveball for you. Talk about pivot. Right. He said, we're growing really quickly. We were approaching 700 people at that point in time. So we had grown from about 350 to 700 in the two and a half years. Wow. The first two and a half years I had been there. He said, we're growing really quickly and I find myself on defense. I want back on offense, but I need people to help me do that. And so I've identified four people that I would like to be part of this new role I'm creating called the Office of the CEO. And I was like, this sounds super interesting. What's the job description? He said, I want you to be me in the room when I can't be there. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I was totally freaked out by that, uh, but I did it. We did it for a year. Um, in the following year, I transitioned to a role with him as um, VP of Special Projects. Uh, one of the projects I got to work on was Vayner Mentors, which is our um, three-year consulting offering. Uh, when we decided to launch the Sasha Group, um, I was asked to come over and run that program and expand our consulting offering. And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm doing at the Sasha Group now. Fantastic. If we go back to when you had just graduated and yeah. you had that, that period of, you said, a, about a year and a half before mm -hmm. you got into an agency. Yeah. Um, if we go back to sort of like, what were the pressures going on in your mind of having just completed a, a, an MBA program, you had this also transitional part where you had to be a caregiver also, okay. and then start to hit the ground running even faster to get into role. Like what's going, what was yeah. going on in your mind? Uh, fear, anxiety, like okay. all of the yeah. emotions weighing down on me. And I would say it was mostly me putting that pressure on myself. It really wasn't the people around me putting that pressure huh. on me. The people around me had more grace for me than I did. Right. And so that's part of the reason I wanted to talk about this topic was yeah. because like 
I was the hardest person on myself. And I think like putting myself back in the mindset of 2009, like I think for myself, for many of my classmates, we were the ones putting like all of that pressure on us. And so if I go back to 2009, if I had had somebody sit down and say like, hey, because of this thing that you cannot control. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, you can't. You can't control what happens with the economy. Mm -hmm. Like, we had no idea coming in in 2007 that graduating in 2009 was going to be as difficult as it was. Right. Right? Like, I have tons of cohort mates who took jobs that were below, like, what they were doing before they came into the program. Yeah. Right? Like, I, there were a few folks who were working at shoe stores. Oh, wow. Right? MBAs, like yep. fitting people for shoes. Mm -hmm. That was not in their plan. No. Right? But it, it was the economy was such that you had to do whatever you could do to just pay the bills. Right. Right? Um, and we had to, like, have grace with each other to be like, hey, look, we're not judging you. You got to do what you got to do. Like, you have a job. Some of us are still looking for one. Yeah. Right? Like, you have a paycheck. Like, who cares what anybody thinks? Like you are taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your family, you're doing what you need to do. Yeah. Um, and I think the benefit of graduating in 2009 is that we all have a harder skin. Oh, I could see. Right. That. Like we're all yeah. we're all tougher for it. I also think several of us landed in fields that are different than where we might have landed had we taken that straight path. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to think of um, the pivot specific. Like I use that word pivot specifically because it makes me think of basketball. Okay. I, mean, I used to watch a ton of basketball. I'm terrible now. But like, <laughs> you know, the pivot is this idea of like you can't move your back foot. Right? Okay. Like once you move, like you can move your forward foot. But once you move, once you pick that back foot up, like you need to be in motion. Okay. Right. But the whole idea is you're looking for the clearest path to the basket. Mm -hmm. The goal doesn't change. Like the location of the basket does not change, but how you get there can. Right. And so that for right. me, that's why I love using that language of the pivot. It's like, look, have your big audacious goal, right? Like mm -hmm. have that goal. But give yourself enough flexibility to know that the best path or the path, you, it might not be a straight path. Yeah. Because there are so many things happening outside of your control that you might have to figure out a way around those things. Totally. Right? Like I totally landed in social media marketing, which was where I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. It took a year and a half. Like I was working in social media marketing on my own. I right. just didn't anticipate having to do it on my own before somebody would pay me full time <laughs> to do it. Right. right. Um, and so like it took some creativity and it took patience. And creating the opportunity for yourself to do it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like I am um, in that year following, I worked at the census. It was a, so we're coming up on 10 years since my journey, right? Um, I worked at the U.S. Census and it was a blessing. It was a great paying job. Mm -hmm. And actually like once I had accepted like, hey, things I can't control, this is a great paying job. I'm going to take this job. I can blog on my own. I can create my, so my own social media presence and that's how I'll keep my experience up. Then I started meeting people at the census and I didn't fear talking about what I was. I introduced myself at the census as like a social media marketer. And I said, I help people and businesses establish their presence on social media. Mm -hmm. I met artists and musicians and I would go up to them and say like, hey, are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Like how do you get people to your shows? Mm -hmm. This can help you 
build a community that you can eventually activate to get to your shows or buy your music, whatever it may be. And those were my first customers. So cool. Right? That's fantastic. So like if I didn't have that census job where I don't know where I would have found these potential people. Yeah, but interesting enough though, right, your communication and what you're putting out was I must I help companies with their social media goals. Mm -hmm. I'm a social media marketer. Yeah. That's what you lead with. Yeah. Right? Because there was no forgetting the goal. Yep. Like I was dead set on that goal. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I'm not saying that you need to change the goal. I'm saying you should be flexible about how you get there. Totally. Right? And yeah. so I was just like, I'm not forgetting that that is the end goal. I'm not going to work for the census and then like pivot into a government job. That's not what I want to do. Right? Yeah. Like it's still about being true to yourself and what you want to do. And I was not getting my eye off of that eventual goal of social media. Totally. So, so I feel like a pivot can happen in, throughout a person's life. Yeah. So what's happened most recently for you as far as it is with pivoting or, or anything like that? Yeah, I think the Sasha Group pivot was the biggest one. Okay. Um, and it was a pivot that started in 2018. So okay. I mentioned this Office of the C CEO job mm -hmm. uh, that I started fall of 2016. 16, I think if I'm doing my math right okay. um, and but 2017 was like the first official year of it so I think we announced it to the company like November 2016 and um uh, at the at, we had gotten through a year of it we had helped to implement a, a bunch of structure so it be, I transitioned from this of client services role to really an operations role right I was yeah. learning how we were running the agency I was getting to for the first time um, post MBA really put my MBA to use like mm. holistically right I've been using the marketing piece the management piece to manage my teams and to manage projects but for the first time, I'm helping to run the agency, right? We had our first meeting with the CEO. He was like, well, if you're going to be at the CEO table, like you've got to understand what our financials look like. Right. Right. And oh he brought out the financial statements and I was like, I know how to read these. <laughs> <laughs> yes, MBA. Right? right. So I was just like, oh, now I'm starting to see how this all fits into totally. the big picture. So that's the other thing, right? Like if you don't see, if you're questioning like, the value of it right after you graduate, I get it. Yeah. It may not play out until later, but I really do think that it the value of it plays out mm -hmm. eventually. Um, so we go through this year of 2017, and it was an amazing learning experience. Um, I started to become a catch-all for like a variety of different projects. So um, I was getting to work with nonprofits who were coming to us on like single projects. Um, I was helping with like staffing changes. I was helping address like to support teams that were having um, a number of different challenges and really just be a person behind the scenes to help them identify like what the problem was and how we might solve it. Wow, so I was consulting, I was totally. consulting internally yes. for teams. Like I kind of became the go-to person for like, hey, this team is struggling. Can you go in and support them? And I was like, yeah, sure. I right. love people. I love figuring this out, right? My consulting brain was starting to work. Right. In that 2017 year. So um, we get to the beginning of 2018, and I'm thinking I'm heading into another full year of this office of the CEO. And I have a meeting with Gary to sort of like level set for the rest of the year. And he tells me that um, my three other colleagues are transitioning into new roles. Two are helping him launch a new company that we now know as Empathy Wines. Um, the third is transitioning into a chief of staff role. And I was like, oh my God, that makes such sense. He's essentially been that. 
for years, and it's great that he now has the title. So I was incredibly happy that it was such a great fit for all of them. He goes, so now we need to figure out what do you want to do? Uh, right. <laughs> and I wanted to cry because I was like, no. what do you mean? Right? Like, I just hadn't been thinking about that at all. Yeah. Like, at all. Right. I was so happy where I was. I was enjoying what I was doing. I had stopped thinking about what the next big goal was because mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like I was doing the social media thing right yeah. so one it was a reminder that you need to reset your goals mm -hmm. right if I think for the most part we will all achieve them and then it's time to pick new ones yeah so that you can continue stretching you don't have to right if you're totally comfortable with where you are um, but we reach points sometimes where we have to like reevaluate what's the new one. And because I wasn't prepared for that conversation, I was completely overwhelmed by it. So all the man said is, we need to think about like what you want to do. So yeah. in other words, he's asking, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And he said, you don't have to tell me right now. I want you to take the next couple of weeks to think about it. We'll meet again and like tell me what you're thinking and where you're landing. Um, what I heard was yeah. you don't have a job anymore. God. This job that you currently have is done. Right. So like, what's your next step? Yeah. And and in my head, I was like, well, I guess my option would be to go back and do what I was doing before this. But then when I thought about it, I was like, I don't want to go back and do client services work. Right? right. Like I've been able to work. I loved the variety in the projects I was getting to work on. I was getting to use different parts of my brain. Um, I really enjoyed that variety and I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did or I just hadn't been thinking about it. Yeah. And so my head went to a place of like, I'm going to lose all of these things that I have now learned to love. Mm. Um, I did not see opportunity in his statement at all. Just, just the entire thing of like, here's a wall, fear, wall. Yes. Yeah. So for two weeks. I freaked myself the fuck out. I was super high stress. Like I was like, oh my God, what am I gonna do? And no one around me was putting this pressure on me. Like my husband was like, you're gonna be fine. Like, you know, like you're loved at Maynard. Like Gary thinks really highly of you. Like I don't understand why you're going to this place. And I was like, you don't understand, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, you don't understand. I was just not hearing right. it. And so we got to the day before I was supposed to be meeting with Gary and I had nothing. I had nothing that I was going to talk to him about. I uh -huh. had just been freaking out for two weeks. And then the pressure of like, you need to say something to him when you go meet him, um, what overcame what the fear was. And I had this moment of clarity. Um, and I like mentally slapped myself. If I could do that, I would have done that. But I was like, you're being a moron. Right. Right. Like the man did not tell you that you do not have a job. Like anyone else would jump at the opportunity to tell Gary Vaynerchuk what it is that they want to do. Right. Yeah. Right. It's With almost like support. he's kind of giving you a blank check and saying like, fill it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like I've been wasting two weeks stressing myself out. So I had this moment of clarity. Um, I decided that I need to, needed to think about a role that, it contains the things that I had learned to love and wanted to do more of, but also had to bring value to him and the company. It had to be a balance of both. It of couldn't just be like, here's the wish list. Right. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like I want to be making a million dollars and working two days a week. Thanks. <laughs> and I want to work remote. <laughs> right. Um, that's obviously not going to fly. Right. Like yeah, it has of to be within, it has to be a win-win. And so 
um, I came to this realization that Gary was going to ha always have projects that he could put on my plate, and I really enjoyed those one-off projects. Um, and there were a few projects that I had been working on that I could continue on with in 2018 and show him how they would bring value to him and the company. Um, and so I wrote that out. I found myself, I said, I want my VP title back. And I said, how do I, how do I pick a title that demonstrates I work on projects that matter? And so special projects, mm -hmm. right? So the title was VP of special projects. Um, I would report directly into the CEO. The way that I pitched it to him, I said, you're always going to have these types of projects. I love being a catch-all. I'm incredibly resourceful. I've been at the company long enough that I know who to bring in when I need to bring them in, but yeah. be as low-touch as possible. Like, I can function as a one-woman team. Um, and he said, I dig it. He read it. So Gary teases a lot. He's like, I don't read. And so I kept it short and sweet so that he could read it. And my meeting with him was actually in a car ride. Oh so I was gosh. like, this can't be this long like presentation. It's got to be like a paragraph. He read in the car. He said, I like it. He said, so you're thinking like special ops. Like I have a mission. Right. You're my go-to person. And I said, exactly. Uh, he said, let's do it. And he started introducing me by my new title the next day. What? So like we had a meeting the next That's day. Fantastic. A meeting the next day, he introduced me under my title, and he was like, "Oh, Maribel's going to be your point person for this." So all like that, and that to me was like the telltale sign of I got it right. Yeah. Right. Like I was paying attention to mm -hmm. a need, and it made sense for him. Um, I asked him for one more year. I said, "I need one more year working directly for you," um, so that I think that's what it's going to take for me to like encapsulate everything that I'm like observing in you and he was true to his word mm -hmm. so as the end of 2018 approached he was also having conversations with our the then Vayner ex-COO James Orsini and he and James were talking about James's pivot what mm -hmm. was James's next step going to be um, Gary had long toyed with the idea of um, a company geared towards small to mid-sized businesses but wasn't quite sure how he wanted to go about it with James pivoting with me, I had been working on this consulting offering in 2018, right? There were a few of us that had been working on it. Um, I had raised my hand and said, if you ever want to grow this, then I want to grow with it because I see incredible potential in this. Um, and so there were a few of us who were sort of like in this area ready to pivot. And he was like, it's time. So he mm. took this idea off the shelf. Um, we, you know, did all the behind the scenes at the end of 2018 to make sure we were ready to launch. And we officially launched in January of 2015, 2019, I was going to say 2015, right. 2019, um, so we're not even a year old yet, yeah. we're on track to hit our revenue goals, um, wow. we are incredibly ambitious because Gary is pushing us to be, so the goal is, it took, um, it took Vayner 10 years to hit 100 million, we're trying to do it in five, whoa, <laughs> we're going to do that's, it, excuse me, right. we're going to do it, you guys are doing that in five, yeah, that's fantastic, and so one of the things that you had mentioned in this, in that entire story, um, I think there was a little bit of a paralysis as the challenge yes. came up. Um, and then you had this self-slap moment. <laughs> uh, you mentioned one thing specifically. It was not only about what you wanted to do, but also about you bringing value to the company. Yeah. Was that something that like you had, you sort of forgot about and that, you on track or what is it because that that's a really important part mm -hmm. ultimately is yes i i want to do what i want to do but i also just have to understand how i bring value to an organization yeah um 
I think it's just that is something that I learned a really long time ago. Okay. Right? Like I have always looked at job interviews and it's something I, I wanna believe it's my my now best friend who I've known like twenty five years. Oh. Right. So we met when I was in college. She had actually graduated already. So she was a mentor to me even though she was also my best friend. Yeah. You know, those four years in college age makes a massive difference. She had already, right. She was already in the working world when I was still in college. And um, she was the one who said to me, like, when you go in for job interviews, like, you are interviewing them as much as they're interviewing you. Sure. So from a really, like, early on stage, I understood that I had some power in that, too. Yeah. And for me, that's what's translated into how I treat jobs as well, right? Like, it's not about just doing what's in the job description. It's also about, like, what added value you bring to a company. It's exactly. that added value that's the thing that you get hired for, mm -hmm. right? It, when you are graduating from the program, there are lots of folks graduating from MBA programs, some super prestigious, right? Yeah. Um, not everyone knows Baruch, especially depending on like what field you're trying to go into. Right? Mm -hmm. If you're going into accounting, like you're in great shape, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know, if you're if you want to specialize in another area with your MBA, um, like think about marketing. Right? The MBA isn't even valued by everyone yeah. in the marketing arena. Totally. Um, so it's re you really have to do the storytelling yourself, mm -hmm. right? Like you have to communicate it in, in between the lines in your resume. You have to communicate it in your networking in your cover letter in your interviews that is just that's the piece that makes the difference not what you studied not necessarily like what your internships were or what you were doing before the program absolutely and I think also if you it, like even reverse engineering of, of saying okay if this is going to be the unique value I can offer and then then here's how I want to do it yeah it's going to be my way yeah um, if I'm going to be able to bring that value Specifically. Yeah. Another area where I think it comes to life because we're talking about like this isn't just valuable to folks who are in the program now we're getting ready to graduate. I think this is also relevant for alumni. Yeah. Right. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend a few months ago who's, you know, at a later stage in his career as well, is looking for his new opportunity and he was applying to think like jobs that were available online. Uh, and I said to him and I said, I think you need to start to move away from that, mm. right? And I was like, you can apply to those things. And I said, but there are people who need you that don't know they need you. That's so great. So I think you need to start examining, like, what are companies or industries that could use your skill set, right? You're right. He was applying to, he was, a, he was an MBA stats, okay. focus in stats. And so he was really looking at, like, analytics jobs. Mm -hmm. And I said, but you do so much more than that. Mm. Right, like you get analytics, but you also know how to like hands-on run digital marketing. And I said, you have an MBA, like yeah. you have a really good sense of a lot of things. Um, and I said, so why don't you write your own job description and so then start smart. pitching that to people? And I was like, you've got enough experience, right? Right, like we're more than ten years out of our MBA program. I was like, you've got experience, you've got references. And I was like. No, you know, now I'm the expert on writing your own job description because I've yes, done yes, it once, yes. right? But but it it really opened my eyes to you don't have to constrain yourself to what people are looking for. If you've got enough experience, you might be able to pitch your uniqueness to a company that really needs it. They just don't know they do. Right. Exactly. And that can be a paragraph long, like in your place, right? It doesn't have to be a yeah. whole page bullets or whatever it might be. Yeah. Such a smart idea. 
And um, so this is a, certainly with change. And what about with people who aren't necessarily on the path for change? Mm. Um, and so they don't necessarily want to pivot from where they are. Yeah. Um, and um, what do you think, what are your thoughts on those people who are completing their degrees, maybe like even especially the part-time MBA yes. students, right? Um, what, what sort of thoughts do you have about, um, about either incorporating some sort of pivoting, incorporating yeah. goals, shifting, whatever it might be? So here's the deal. If you are happy, then like enjoy it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like at the end of the day, like find the thing that makes you happy. If you, if you feel like you are at peak happiness right now at this point in your life, working the job that you have, living the life that you want to live, then great. Yeah. But I still think there are things that you cannot control. Yeah. Right? So I think that it is a valid exercise to think about what happens if my company folds tomorrow? Yep. What will I do? Like there are just Start certain things that, that will shake things up that you will not see coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I talked about taking um, time off after graduation. It was because I had lost my mom in the midst of the MBA program. Um, so I, I lost my mom wow. suddenly at the beginning of my second year of my MBA program. Oh my and my gosh. dad was already terminally ill. I had been bracing myself for my dad to pass away. Part of my motivation for getting my MBA was because I was like, I have to take care of me and my mom, right? My sister was married. She was living um, in another state. And I was like, mom is going to be my responsibility and I need to bring in more money to like feel confident about doing that. And then my mom passed away and my dad was already sick. Right. And I was just like, holy crap. Like, no, I have to like stay focused because I have to take care of myself. Yes. Because the two people that I that had been taking care of me forever, emotionally, right, financially, especially while I was getting my MBA, like they're not going to be here. Yep. So like you need to get your shit together. Like I couldn't have planned on that. No way. And then you also throw on the fact that I graduated into the recession and that I was a career changer, so I wasn't as attractive. Like I couldn't control any of that. Yep. There was no way that I could have foreseen that. So I am telling you from experience, like the carpet can get, the rug can get pulled out from under you. And so the best thing that you can do is prepare yourself for what you do if. Yep. And if I hope that you never have to use those plans. Yep, but to have them. But to that, have them yeah. is massive. Absolutely. It will spare you so much grief. Because then if it does happen, you're just like, oh, this is, this is cool. We had a plan for this. Yep. Totally. I love that. So such an important message of just having a what if plan, even, and hopefully you just don't need to use it. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So now, um, now if we talk about the, the individuals, whether they're students, alums, whatever, and they really want to pivot, but they are paralyzed on how do I do this? What do I do? Thoughts. It doesn't have to be in one fell swoop. Okay. Is the first thing. Okay. Right. So, um, if you let's say you've been doing the same thing for a really long time, mm-hmm. usually that comes with some efficiency, right? Like usually that means um, you can do the same amount of work in less time because you're just a pro at it. You've been doing it for so long, right? Um, you've been married so long, like you're an empty nester, and now you've got all this time back. Mm-hmm. There, are, I think there are points in our lives where like we have some time. Um, and those are great points to pivot at. Yeah. Um, so I think you start doing it on the side, right? right? Like start experimenting with the things. So can you use some of that free time to um, take on a side hustle with 
hours after work or during the weekends, right? Like dabble in what those projects are. Yeah. Um, come up with a gradual plan. So, you know, what's the side hustle attempt look like? If you really like it, what is the part-time part of it look like? And then how long will it take you to eventually be doing that thing full-time? Mm -hmm. It's really hard to just, especially, I think a lot of people in their pivot want to try entrepreneurship. Yeah, um, that's really hard, right? First, you have to assess whether or not like you are an entrepreneur at heart. I am not, mm -hmm. right? I've had people say to me like, "Are you going to start your own company?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> like I know myself well enough that I do not want to do that. Yeah, right. I don't mind being a number two, um, <laughs> right? But like, there's a lot of weight put on your shoulders, and I'm so I care so much about people. Like I take on their stress. Mm -hmm. The idea of having to do that as an entrepreneur is something I have no desire to do. Sure. Right. For me, like not having that stress is more valuable than this idea of being able to say, like, I started my own company and I ran my own company. Yeah. So you have to know that about yourself. Yep. Yeah. It's really cool right now to be an entrepreneur, but like, it's not for everybody. And it's not for everybody. Yeah. yeah I exactly. love supporting entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right? Like I love counseling people. Um, I love helping to give them perspective. Being an entrepreneur is incredibly lonely. Yeah. Right? Like if you're Completely. running a company, you have lots of like stress. You have fears every single day. Your employees are not the people that you can talk to about that. Yeah. My, my roommate actually is just uh, starting a startup right now. And I, I, I see it when I talk with him too. Yeah. I mean, he's strong for it and he's, yeah. he is that personality. I, I agree. It's not for everybody. No. I think one thing that you, which is great here, right? I think when people think pivot, they do think it's got to be a fast 180 or a fast 90 degree turn, but just sort of like, take yeah, it slow, take it slow, but start moving it. Yeah. yeah. We had also talked about, um, also just be open to conversations, right? Like uh -huh. I think the very starting point of preparing for a pivot is just to be curious, Yeah. right? To know that things change over time. So, you know, I talk about how the MBA, I feel like I put to so much more use now. My husband looks at what I'm doing. My husband, who I met in the MBA program, so that's always a fun story, right? We were in the same cohort. Um, thought he was going to be supporting me for the rest of my life because he thought the social media marketing thing was just like garbage. <laughs> he thought it was a pipe dream. He was like, Jesus Christ, I fell in love with this girl and I'm going to like end up paying for it. Great. Guess who's the sugar mom? There you go. <laughs> yeah. That would be me. Great surprise for him. He's like, I didn't know. And I was like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, yeah. But when we look at like, what my change has been, right? Like I was social media marketing, helping clients activate that. And I still do an element of that. Sure. But I do holistic business consulting for small to mid-sized businesses now. Right. So I'm looking at their operations. Um, I'm looking at like their organizational culture, their management policies, right? So we're getting into like HR things, wow. all sorts of things. Yeah. I wouldn't, if you had told me that five years ago, even I would have said like, yeah, no, that's not what I'm going to be doing. Now we're also starting to talk with smaller organizations, right? Just in my day-to-day, -day, I meet um, people who are just launching their businesses, who have questions about funding. So now I'm going back to all the finance things that I ne never thought I was going to be having a conversation about. Yeah. Right? And so it's – and now as I grow in my career, I'm also starting to think about, like, my potential life as an inv investor and what does that look like. So I never cool. thought I was going to be there because I wasn't dreaming that big. Yeah, right. So you never know what's going to happen once you start to open up towards new experiences. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And you mentioned about curiosity, listeners. 
there was a podcast with alumna Elise, Elise Kane uh, on curiosity, definitely worth um, listening to about curiosity because that is such a driver in all of this. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, well, before we end here, Maribel, any closing remarks or thoughts that you may not have covered and wanted to still talk, talk about? Yeah, encapsulate, like just be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be flexible. Um, keep your eye on the goal, but be prepared that you might have to go about it not so straight um, a path. Um, look at what other people see in you, mm, right? Sometimes yeah. we don't see it because we're way too close. But like, listen to the feedback that people give you. If people aren't volunteering feedback, then ask for critical feedback. Like, yeah. have people tell you what they think you are really good at, um, what you have to work on. I think oftentimes we don't realize we're really good at things because they come naturally to us. Like we've just been doing them forever. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean you don't have a skill there. It just means it comes easier to you. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes it takes other people holding up the mirror for us, um, for us to see it ourselves. That's fantastic. Thank you, Maribel. Thanks for having me. Thanks, listeners, for tuning into the GCMC podcast, where we look to get off-the-record thoughts and perspectives from individuals who have been hiring managers and in hiring positions in their careers. The GCMC is here for Zicklin MBA and MS students and alumni for their careers wherever they are, so be sure to stay in touch with us.